welcome to Block in the Back. On this podcast, we chat about all things Dynasty Fantasy Football from leagues to rankings. Now don't turn your back, square up and get ready to have some fun and get your teams to a championship with your hosts, Tyler Fish and Ryan Paulish. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 11 of Block in the Back. We're going to talk about the consensus Block in the Back rankings for running backs today. I'm here with my co-host, Ryan Paulish. Ryan, what do you got for listeners today? Oh, we are excited. We are back on the rookie train. We are going to talk about the 2020 rookie running back class. Um, this is, this can, I know some of your rookie drafts are already over, but this is for everybody today. This can see, this will be able to see where you were at at your rookie drafts for where we're valuing these players. And for people who haven't done their rookie drafts yet, try to match up your rankings with ours and let us know what you think of ours. And hopefully, hopefully we can, uh, match up and at least help you out with your rookie draft so we're really excited about today so ryan and i put together consensus rankings and there's some guys that we don't agree on but i think it kind of averages out to a nice number so uh we'll do our one through ten we'll talk about what we like about each player you know it might be their situation might be their skill set why we might think they're going to be successful and if we have any differences on if i had a guy ranked way different than ryan did uh, then we'll talk about that and we'll discuss that about that player. So we're going to get it started here. Ryan, why don't you start off with our consensus number one running back and number one overall player in dynasty rookie drafts. Who do we got? Yes, I am going with the man from the University of Wisconsin, Jonathan Taylor. Now, JT a lot of people are going to argue this. This I've seen polls on this time after time on Twitter, and it is a darn near split 50-50 on who they're taking 101 between him and our next guy we're going to talk about. Now, to me and to you too, we both had him at one. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, I don't think it's a bias thing, us being from Wisconsin. I think that he brings to an NFL team the size, the speed, the vision, the cutting ability to break these long runs, to run people over, finish with their head down and always falling forward. And not to mention, he went to Indianapolis and he's going to play behind one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. So on the contrary to that, he is going to, people are going to say he's going to try to beat out Marlon Mack. I don't even think that's a thing. I think Marlon Mack is maybe going to split carries with JT for a couple weeks until they realize that they're trying to win all the ball games they can. And Taylor's going to take those, those rushes away from him. I think Mack is going to slowly fade out. And as far as a dynasty perspective, you're looking at an absolute stud for two, three, four, five years where he doesn't have any injury history. He has only, I don't even think he's missed a practice. He said that in an interview pre combine where he hasn't even missed a practice yet. And I just think this guy is an absolute stud well worth the one-one in rookie drafts. Ryan, what do you have to say about people that might ask the question? Well, what about all the Wisconsin running backs? Because Wisconsin produces these great college running backs, and some of them turn out to be not so good pros. And we can look back to Ron Dane, eh, Monty Ball, Michael Bennett had a quick stretch for the Vikings. There, I mean, what would you say to people that? that might argue Wisconsin running backs don't perform in the NFL. 
Well, I'd tell them that they're living in the past a little bit, if you ask me. I mean, look at people who always say that the Wisconsin running backs can't catch the football. Look at James White. What has he done for the Patriots? He's been a solid PPR play for you in, in, a, in fantasy football from, from maybe his second year in the league. People kind of faded him off, and all of a sudden they found ways to use him because he's got skill. Clory Comment had a little role with the Philadelphia Eagles. He wasn't great, but he was never that college producer that, that uh, JT is. And then we look at Melvin Gordon, where I think he was in the 2015 draft class, and they said he couldn't catch the football. Now he's sought after as a dual threat running back. And I think the same goes to JT. A lot of people came into his senior year or his junior year saying that he can't catch the football. And then they tried to force feed him the ball. I think he had just as many catches as like DeAndre Swift last year. I don't know that for a fact, but I'm pretty sure their receiving numbers were pretty similar last year. And they're going to knock his fumbling ability, but people knock that on Chris Carson too. But to me, I think JT will be able to catch some footballs. I don't think he's going to be their, their number one uh, passing threat out of the backfield, but he'll be able to do it better than Marlon Mack is. And nobody else rushed for as many yards as Jonathan Taylor did um, for the Badgers uh, in, in three years of football. The guy had over 2,000 yards two out of three years, I think. Um, just an absolute stud. And sure, you can look at Ron Dane. You can look at all those guys. But look at the recent ones, like James White, Melvin Gordon. And now we have Jonathan Taylor coming out. I think he's going to be right on par with Melvin Gordon. Only I think JT's a better runner than Melvin was. I just think overall, Jonathan Taylor is going to be just an awesome play for you. Week in, week out, he's going to get a lot of touches. And he is my 1-1 and yours. Yep, he's the man. Don't think about it twice. Draft him 101. Do it. All right? Lock in the back says so. So just do it. Um, my best comparable, and we got to move on here, but my best comparable to JT is Zeke Elliott. He reminds me of Zeke. Same frame, you know, both played in the same conference. JT runs hard, man. He's got that great speed score, that weighted 40. He's heavy, and he runs fast. It's going to equal success. So. Also, uh, did you see in the headlines that Zeke had the coronavirus? I did see that. A bunch of Cowboys players got it, I think. It was probably that party that he was at when all the, the quarantine was going on. Oh, my gosh. That kind of scares me a little bit for this NFL season. I don't want to scare people, but that is a little – I mean, if it's spreading that easy and a couple people contract it, the NFL's got to be okay with people getting it as long as we just don't expose those people. So. That's my, my health talk for the day. Um, let's go to 1.02 here. And, Ryan, don't you, aren't you sitting 1.02 in a draft right now? 103, so I'm right, okay. right outside. You're 103. Uh, for 102, guys, our consensus was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And what's not to like about him, really, minus his size. He's a little small, but, I mean, my gosh, he went in the best offense. Andy Reid drafts running back. You go back to the Eagles days, he drafts a running back high draft pick. He's going to use him. He was a first round pick. He's got that draft capital. He had a nice year at LSU. Didn't have a total, didn't have a ton of college production. All right. That last year he did. But where did they play him? They lined him up in the slot. They lined him up outside. They get him in space. He catches footballs. Patty Mahomes, Kansas City, speed, 
success, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is your 1.02. You need to take him if he's at two. People are going to say take him one. He's not better than JT. 1.02, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, book it. Yeah, I'd say those top two are a lock. And like I said earlier, that the Twitter poll was with CEH there. And you, I mean, you hit it right on the head where he, he does it all. He catches the football really well. He's going from the best offense in college football to the best offense in professional football. And, yeah, he didn't run the best 40 time, but the guy is quick. He's very, very quick. He makes people miss. He had a he had good production on the ground for being how, how small he is. And pair that with being able to catch the ball from Patty Mahomes, who loves dropping it off to the running backs. Um, a lot of people are some, – some, I mean, not a lot, but some people are saying Damian Williams is still going to be a, be a factor there. I'm not seeing it. I saw him as more of like a bridge running back just because they didn't really – they lost Hunt unexpectedly, and he was just kind of there, and he, he produced. But that kind of just goes to show anybody can probably produce their running back, and CEH actually has the talent to do so. So in PPR leagues, he's going to be he's going to be a monster. Now I do I do still think that JT is the number one because he can catch the football and he's running behind the best offensive line. And Marlon Mack had a thousand yards last year, I think. So if he can do it, JT is going to just go off. So Ceh, a great player though, in a great offense, one hundred two. I remember talking to my league mates about you know. Who I had just had guys ask me, oh, no, who do you like in this rookie draft? And people were just trying to pick my brain. And I, I mentioned Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And I think even you might have been like, what? I, I just don't see it yet. And I was like, oh, my God, just watch the film and watch against some of the good teams and how, how he gets his yards. I mean, he's, he's going I mean, to be an NFL player, a good NFL player. Um, let's go to 1.03. I'm going to turn this over to you. You sit at three. This is how I expect our rookie draft to pan out. We haven't had our rookie draft yet. It's coming up Saturday, June 27th. Is that a Saturday? 27th? Yep. yep. And uh, Ryan's sitting at three. I'm sitting at one due to a trade. I'm taking Jonathan Taylor. So I just helped Ryan out there. 1.02, I would guess, Clyde Edwards-Solaire. I don't know. 1.03, Ryan, J.K. Dobbins is our consensus. Is that who you'll be taking? That is at the moment. And uh, if CEH goes to... I am taking J.K. Dobbins at three. Now, mind you, this isn't going to be everybody's – this isn't our mock draft necessarily. Uh, This is just running backs today, but a lot of the drafts are going running back, running back, running back, and potentially all the way through through four or five spots. Um, It is a very deep wide receiver class. But for me, the third best running back in this class with landing spot and everything involved is J.K. Dobbins. Now, Dobbins for me – pre-draft was I, I on my film score that I have which will be on our website when it comes out but our film score I have J.K. Dobbins tied with DeAndre Swift for for film score um he was top two running back for me before the draft he slipped one because CEH went to Kansas City but J.K. Dobbins to me has everything that you want in a running back he's got Cutting ability, vision, explosion, really good speed. Uh, we didn't really get to see that in the combine, but watching it on film, he just he hits that spot, he hits the gap, and he just darts, and nobody is catching him. Uh, there's a couple of cuts that I saw on film where he was darn near vertical or like horizontal to the ground when he was making these cuts. It was it was unbelievable, making people miss, making people just look silly out there. 
and he goes to the Baltimore Ravens, which is a run-heavy, a run-heavy offense. And in Ohio State, he ran that the RPOs. They run the same thing in Baltimore. Sure, you might say he's behind Mark Ingram, but Mark Ingram is 30, I believe. Right, Tyler? Is he 30, 29? We already talked about how you need to sell Mark Ingram, and I, he's in his 30s. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, he, he'll, 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 probably, he'll cut into carries for J.K. Dobbins in year one, but J.K. Dobbins is going to have a nice little year, and he could, he's probably going to get more and more carries as the year goes on. And then 2021, Mark Ingram, I would assume, is going to be gone, and J.K. Dobbins is going to absolutely light the world on fire, I believe, in that offense. Light the world on fire, he will. That, that is a fire take. Is that what the kids are saying nowadays? That's fire. <laughs> sure. Not me, but maybe. Yeah. You know what else is hot is everybody thinks Wisconsin is cold. All right. Wisconsin, it's a, in the summer, it is a warm area, and it is humid as heck. So heat is just it's, – it's totally different here. I'm sitting here sweating right now. Probably need to turn the central air on. My wife's going to kill me. You know, she, I have it off. You know, it's just part of one of those things. You got to watch the thermostat. We're going to go to four here. We have a tie at four. All right. And our consensus ranking at four, we have two players tied at four. And we'll just kind of bunch them into one here. But we have Cam Akers and DeAndre Swift tied at four. All right. Now, Ryan had Cam Akers ahead. I had DeAndre Swift ahead. And I do like Cam. I actually like both players. It's very, very close for me. Um, the where I see the edges, I just I had Swift as my my number one player pre, and I can't let that him being drafted by the Lions that can't persuade me that much to drop him down. And I think you even had him as 1.01 in our mock two months ago. But and it's just hard to I, say whatever you want about the Lions, the dumpster fire, whatever that offense. I really think DeAndre Swift is going to get involved in the passing game. And I think he's going to be a sneaky good player. And whoever gets DeAndre Swift, you're looking at a really, really nice fantasy player. I think DeAndre Swift gets more PPR production in the passing game than Cam Akers will. But that's just kind of my take. But, Ryan, tell me your kind of thoughts on DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers. We have them tied at four right now. So four or five in our rankings there. Um, DeAndre Swift versus Cam Akers. I was toying with this one for nights, weeks, months after the, after the draft now. And, and I did land on Cam Akers. I think the Lions did scare me a little bit. You were right. DeAndre Swift was my 101 probably since last year. He is a phenomenal player. Um, the best case scenario for him is he's getting used as a carry on Johnson slash Theo Riddick, which I think absolutely he has a potential to do. Um, the reason I want Cam Akers is because I see a lower or a higher floor in Cam Akers than I do DeAndre Swift at, with the Lions. I can kind of see Cam Akers. He's he's a great athlete, a really good runner. He had great. He had pretty good production behind that offensive line at Florida State. He makes people miss. He puts down his shoulder, runs people over, makes them look silly. And I think, I mean. I'm going to go out and say I think he does kind of have that Todd Gurley-ish role. I'm not saying he's Todd Gurley, but I do think he will be involved in the pass game just like he was. Um, he can catch the football. He catches it really well. And between that and his running ability, I don't think Daryl Henderson or Malcolm Brown really compete for much other than a change of pace back there. 
and they kind of already went out and said Malcolm Brown was going to be one more of their goal line back, which we'll see if that comes to fruition or not. It always seems like Malcolm Brown hangs around. But to me, Cam Akers is going to be that every down guy is what they hinted at earlier um, in a report that was out of, out of the Rams. And like I said, he catches the football well. He runs it great. And behind, I mean, it's not a great line, but it's still Todd Gurley produced with a bum knee that he didn't look like himself last year, and he still had a pretty good year. So I think Cam Akers is going to be that fresh legs going into L.A., and that's what gave him a little bit of a bump with that higher floor for me than Swift. All right, yeah. <clears throat> the way you talk about Cam Akers makes me feel like you should take him at three because, I don't know, you just you have a love for this guy. I think he's a great player. Um, Swift is still ahead in my rankings there just a little bit, but. Yeah, at 1-3, on. oh, the reason I'm going or that I want Dobbins or the third best running back is I just the, – the player in general plus the, the run first offense is, is the main reason. I think I just think Dobbins is a better player overall between catching and running and going to the Ravens with Lamar Jackson. I think that opens up a lot of lanes for him where Akers is going to really have to fight for his yards a little bit more there. No, I think Dobbins is three. I was just trying to mess with you a little bit. Let's move on here. So we went Acres Swift. That takes up our four or five there because they're tied. So our sixth best running back on the board, consensus, and it's not really close. Uh, hype may have gotten a little out of control here if you're following on the Twitterverse. It's Keyshawn Vaughn of Tampa Bay. Now, Keyshawn Vaughn, and the more that – this offseason has kind of gone on and nothing's happened. The less or the more I, I don't want to say dislike, but I've kind of fallen off the Keyshawn Vaughn train a little. Okay. I think the hype got so out of control that I think that he's being a little overdrafted right now. I do think I, I would not reach for that guy. And here's why I've, I keep watching stuff on Twitter. I think people are, Ronald Jones is not good, but I think. Uh, Dari Ogobunwale, and I probably being a Badger guy, it's Dari is what we called him. I think he's going to get a lot of the passing game. So I think it's going to be you're battling with three guys there. And I saw some picture where Dari was out with Tom Brady running routes and stuff like that. I feel like that is going to be Tom Brady's guy. And you know how Tom Brady's in those Pats offenses were? He has that running back that he dumps off to. I think Dare is James White. So I do think Keyshawn's getting a little overblown. I do still like him as the sixth best running back, uh, and that's who we have sitting there. I know you are a huge, huge fan of Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, I like him. I'm just I'm not in love with him as rest as some of Twitter is. Well, I, no, I agree that he's being overdrafted right now because I mean you don't you don't really know. Um, they do have Ronald Jones there. He's still young. I think Ronald Jones is younger than Keyshawn Vaughn. So in dynasty leagues. You, it makes it makes you think a little bit, and I don't know if I totally agree with you with the RA theory there, because uh, I watching film on Keyshawn Vaughn, I watched one, almost every game that he played the last year and a half, and he catches the ball really well. So I think if they can have a, a three down guy, I don't know why they wouldn't. I mean, Ronald Jones is going to cut into some time, but as that fades and and Ronald Jones does not catch the ball well. Keyshawn Vaughn, from what I saw, is a powerful runner. He's got good vision, and 
he's able to make people miss is what is what I really liked. And he's in a situation where there isn't a solidified running back. And so I think that's where that cutoff is. I had him at the sixth best running back as well, but anybody after that is, I don't think is solidified. And to have him at the sixth best, best running back that we haven't seen six potential starting running backs in a class in a very long time or in, in at least a few years. And from what I saw in film, I do really like Vaughn. I do think he's being overhyped. I'm not ready to hop all in on him just with Ronald Jones still being there. But I think Vaughn catches the ball better than Jones. And I think he's a better runner on film in college than I saw out of Jones as well. So I don't think it's going to be too difficult for Vaughn to be able to prove that he's better than Jones. So, I mean, like you said, he's our 1-6, but he is being overdrafted. But I do think that he will be the main running back in Tampa Bay. I want to just rephrase there. He's not our 1.06, not in a mock draft. He's our sixth best running back. You kind of just mentioned one point. Yeah. So don't, if you're listening out there, don't get confused. We're not saying go draft Keyshawn Vaughn at 1.06. Don't do that. Please don't do that. I don't want to hear that. That's, I, that's going to be bad news if you do that. All right. It's too many good players on the board. Let's continue here. So that was our sixth best running back. Here's where it kind of gets a little fuzzy here. And there's some guys left out of our consensus 10 because Ryan ranked a guy so low. It bothered me. But our seven, consensus seven, is tied, actually. And that's Darrington Evans and Zach Moss. And if you've been following, you, everybody knows that Ryan thinks Zach Moss is a turd. I'm going to tell you why I like Darrington Evans. And Number one, I'm not sold on Henry playing a full 16. I'm not sold on that. He came off just getting a 300-plus carry. You know, he had games down the stretch area. He was carrying the ball 30 times, and he is a load. He is a big dude. I'm not tackling him. Maybe Ryan. No, Ryan, you're not tackling him. But he, I don't think he can endure that back-to-back. And maybe he can. But Darrington Evans, is a, he's, a, he's a, a, a quick little guy, man. And I think if he gets an opportunity, he's going to produce in a good, you know, a good team. And – I think I don't I don't even remember Henry's contract situation. Was he on our last pod? Is is Henry's he contract tagged. situation up? He got tagged. He got tagged. If he somehow is not there, I mean, if you're a Darrington Evans owner, you're you're pumped. So Darrington Evans, I, I don't even know where other people have him ranked, but I really like him as a player. You know, Appalachian State kid, small school kid. So he's not your power five type back, but he's got it man so that's what we have tied ryan does i don't i'm surprised that zach moss made it there in our consensus that must have been because of me it's hard to ignore the you know the situation there i think zach moss is going to get the frank gore type role that frank had last year so that's that's why you gotta throw zach moss in there for you know he's gonna have the the opportunity right it's not gonna be devil devin singletary the entire game no, yeah, I agree with you there. And we'll get into that in a second. I can't wait. But uh, Darrington Evans. Yeah, he uh, – so I want to say something about Darrington Evans. I don't think – even if Henry leaves, I don't think Darrington Evans is going to be the type of guy to, to be that three-down workhorse ever. I'm sure they'll bring somebody else in. Uh, like we said in our last pod, there's a really good free agent class potentially if they don't get re-signed coming, coming in next year. Um, but Darrington Evans, yeah, he's a very, very quick back, makes people miss. He's able to catch the football. 
Uh, there's a report coming out of Titans already that the coach wants to utilize him more than he did uh, Deion Lewis, which is already a plus right there. He was pretty much non-existent last year uh, for fantasy purposes, but they already went out and said they're going to make it a point that Darrington Evans is going to be utilized more than that. And they did say that he was a better version of Deion Lewis. So that's encouraging, especially if they do want to lighten the workload with Henry. Um, another report out of the Titans that I saw was, I think they had a beat reporter asked the coach or an assistant coach or offensive coordinator uh, if Henry's going to get the same workload this year. And all he said was, depends on how the game goes. So that, to me, I don't think they want to give him 300-some carries which means Darrington Evans will be involved. And we already know Henry's not a pass-catching type running back. And if they're going to use Darrington Evans more than Deion Lewis, they're going to put him in on more third downs to give Henry less carries, less touches, and hopefully Evans more. So, I mean, I, I like him as a definitely potential because if they do get rid of Henry, you never know who, who they're going to bring in, and they might incorporate Evans more in the running game then. So, I mean, very good back out of Appalachian State. They were actually a pretty good team this year. Um, surprisingly, they they were actually ranked, but yeah, again, I like Evans uh, here at our seventh best running back, and he's got opportunity. I think it's just what he makes out of it is going to be the telling story. But if we go into Zach Moss now, so production in, at Utah, check forty time, uncheck agility, uncheck from what I saw on film. I'm not a Zach Moss fan. I don't like where he landed. A lot of people like where he landed because a lot of people don't see Singletary as that three down back. Neither do I, but for a, from a fantasy football perspective, what can we expect out of that backfield? To me, they're gonna almost split carries, maybe 60-40 Moss. And out of the receiving game, sure, Moss can catch the ball a little bit, but Singletary's better at catching the ball. So what's the upside there? To me, he's got a really, really low ceiling and a decent floor. I mean, but I mean, from what I've seen, I don't know if I can. Yeah, he had some big boom games, but he's playing the Pac-12. Not a, I mean, there's a few top heavy teams there. And from what I've seen, Moss, I don't know. He could just he runs into the back of his offensive lineman a lot. So even if he gets a lot of carries, I don't know how pumped I am about it. And between that and having Singletary have a decent rookie year, I just think they're going to split too much in order for it to be fantasy relevant really either way. So I'm not on the Moss train whatsoever. I know there's a lot of people that really like him. I think they're looking at the stats too much. But that's just me on Moss. I'm, I'm completely out. I mean, I'll draft him if he's in the third round probably. But I'm seeing him go early second, mid-second, and I'm not touching him there. I uh, I think if you if you're sitting late second and Zach Moss is there, you take him. Um, I think I think Zach Moss. I'm not even a huge fan of him, but he's going to be there in a draft, and you're gonna think about it. So let's go ahead here. And since we had Darrington Evans and Zach Moss kind of tied there, all right, that takes up seven eight. So we're on to nine ten, and we have a tie at nine ten in our consensus rankings, and it's. Two cats we're going to talk about here is Anthony McFarland and Joshua Kelly. All right. Now, Polish, Ryan here, you are a big fan of Anthony McFarland. So maybe I'll turn him over to you. And I kind of, when we got talking about Joshua Kelly, 
I, I kind of told you, I'm like, you, I was just one day I was watching film and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go watch somebody else kind of off the beaten path that I hadn't really dove into yet. And it was Joshua Kelly. And then I, and I told Ryan, I'm like, just go watch his film and you might kind of like him. And it turns out we both kind of liked him about the same. So Anthony McFarland, what do you like about Anthony McFarland in Pitt? And you're not going to hurt my feelings because I'm not a James Conner owner anymore. So you can really let it loose here. What do you think? I mean, is Anthony McFarland, it's that fourth round draft capital. Is he really going to take over James Conner's job? I mean, have you seen that guy's back? I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. He's huge. He is. He's a big boy. He's definitely been hitting the weights on the offseason or learning how to flex like a bodybuilder. I can't tell. But uh, I'm not saying Anthony McFarland is going to take James Conner's job. I do think that with the injury history on Connor, they might lighten the workload a little bit. And I do think Anthony McFarland is a talented enough back to be able to make do with the, with the limited amount of carries that he gets. And in the NFL, you earn your carries. So I think if he's able to make do with those carries, I think he could end up getting more and more and more and just waiting for a James Connor injury. I think McFarland can carve out a role in, in Pittsburgh. I think he was a really good back from Maryland. I mean, just a dumpster fire of a team, but man, watching his film, he is fast. He hits the hole. And if there's any seam at all, he is absolutely going to the house. The guy, he's really, really explosive. And I love that about him. He's got a little dog in him where he's able to break tackles for not being a huge guy. Um, from everything that I saw in film between those two things, and then James Connors injury history, they drafted Benny Snell last year, I think, too. So, I mean, it's not like he's old, but he didn't do anything. So they drafted a guy. He's in the fourth round. It's not great draft capital, but much more talented than Benny Snell, personally. And I think uh, McFarlane can definitely catch the ball out of the backfield. And I, like I said, when the opportunity presents himself, I can see McFarlane being the guy to capitalize on that. So, I mean, we'll see where that goes after that. But it, I'm believe James Conner is going to be on a contract here as well. So, I mean, if McFarland shows stuff, they might not feel the need to bring him back. Yeah, we talked about James Conner in last week's pod, I believe, and you know, he's one of those guys in the contract year. Um, Anthony McFarland, yeah, nice player. Joshua Kelly, and I'll, I'll talk about Joshua Kelly, who we had tied there. Joshua Kelly is battling with Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler is a nice back, right? He had a really, really nice year. Uh, can he handle the workload of a three down back? Melvin Gordon's gone. I don't know if he can. Okay. Joshua Kelly is a guy that he's a pretty solid runner. And if, if you go in and you turn on some of that UCLA tape, he did, he did stuff that, you know, better than some could because UCLA stunk and they, they weren't great. And you just watch and he really didn't have lanes to run. It kind of reminded me of watching, Cam Akers. Cam Akers' offense line was garbage. I kind of, I thought UCLA's was too, just from a couple of the film that I watched. And it's like, it's so hard to evaluate a running back when they have nowhere to run. So Joshua Kelly, he, he actually made some really, really nice plays when there was nothing going on. So that's kind of why I kind of threw him up there. And I don't even know who else is in Los Angeles. Is it Justin Jackson, right? Yeah, Justin, Justin Jackson. Yep. So Justin Jackson, is that somebody that scares me? Not really. I, 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 that's an interesting kind of something to watch on the depth chart there is who wins that backup job to Austin Eckler. 
and it might be that's totally interchangeable if somebody starts running well if austin eckler can run well and melvin gordon can run well i mean can anybody run well just toss them into that system i don't know i think that offense struggles as a whole a little bit more without philip i really like philip as a qb so that's just kind of something to monitor there um that rounds out our top 10 Ryan, did you kind of just want to briefly touch on some of the guys that missed that top 10 and somebody that were a little, I mean, I actually had, I had AJ Dillon in my top 10, but Ryan had him so low and we'll get to that. But Ryan, who do you got that just missed? Give him some uh, love. Yeah, I can, I can kind of go the same way to, to you, Tyler. Um, I had Antonio Gibson actually ranked in my personal rankings as the seventh best running back in the class, right behind Keyshawn Vaughn. Now let me tell you why. Antonio Gibson, people are going to say he hardly played running back in college. And to me, everything that I saw on film, sure, he played both. He played wide receiver, he played running back. But everything that I saw on film, he is a much better running back Every time he touched the football, he only had 33 carries. I know, Tyler, you've already told me that before. And look at him as a playmaker, though. They already declared that he is going to play running back this year. Who is he competing with? Yes, Darius Geis. Probably being underdrafted right now, but super super injury prone. I'm not banking on a guy who hasn't played a season yet. And this is, what, his third year in the league? He's is always knee injuries, which seems to be reoccurring with running backs. Antonio, Gib- Antonio Gibson averaged 11 and a half yards per carry every time he touched the ball as a running back. And they weren't all end arounds. They weren't end arounds for the playmaking wide receiver there. He went through the tackles. Uh, he's very explosive. He ran like a 4-3-9. I think he tied Jonathan Taylor. Super fast. And he's a big guy to go along with it. And I think if the opportunity presents himself, guys will probably lead the way. They have Adrian Peterson there. They have Bryce Love. But I think they're going to find ways to get Antonio Gibson the ball, whether it's in the slot. They don't have a lot of wide receiver help there right now, a lot of young guys. Or if we have Darius Geis injury once again. And I think Antonio Gibson, them declaring him as a running back, he could play that Chris Thompson role. He could – take more carries than what people might like as a Darius Geis owner. And he makes do with those. He's a very explosive guy and he's able to catch the ball. He's able to run the ball. He can kind of do it all. And out of all the utility knives that are in this draft, like LaVisca Chenault and last year's Debo Samuel. Sure. Debo is very good. I'm not saying that, but Antonio Gibson, I think is a very, very good, a very good player who can run the ball very, very well. And with the Redskins having so much uncertainty with a 69-year-old Adrian Peterson and a guy who acts like he's 80 in Darius Geis with his knees, I think the opportunity is there, and I think he can make do with it. Yeah, you already caught me on the 33 total college carries thing, so I can't bring that up, but I just did. Don't you talk bad about Darius Geis, though, all right? Come on. At least bring his, bring his stock up a little so I can trade him. No, I'm actually – I like Darius Geis. I hope he's healthy because when he is, he's a really nice player. The injuries thing, that's a question. But I, I do really like him, and depending on where you can get him. We're going to end with one guy here, and that's A.J. Dillon. Okay? I had him in my top ten. Ryan had him way down. Here's what you need to know about A.J. Dillon. Do you guys remember Eddie Lacy? All right? Eddie Lacy was a bigger pile than, than A.J. Dillon was. 
A.J. Dillon ran a 4.53 at 247 pounds. That's all you need to know. That is a big dude. He is faster than Eddie Lacy, shiftier than Eddie Lacy, at the same weight, heavier than Eddie Lacy, I'm pretty sure. Okay? Eddie Lacy had the touches for a couple of years there. I mean, where you're grabbing A.J. Dillon late second, third round, come on. That's a steal. Okay? Don't overthink this one. The Packers drafted him high for a reason, okay? It's cold in Green Bay in the winter, very cold, all right? You want to tackle a 247-pound guy that runs that fast? You do not. In December, that is going to be the guy. Maybe not this year. I do not think they signed Aaron Jones back. We already talked about that, okay, even though he wants to be a Packer. But that's a guy that you need to snag late in your rookie round drafts, okay? You need to know that. I mean, take that information for what you want. Ryan, you got him ranked low, but I think I had heard you mention mention you'd kind of you're kind of coming around a little bit. Yeah, I mean I'm coming around a little bit. The 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 thing that's holding me back is is the film. Yeah, he's big. Yeah, he's fast. But what I didn't see is him actually do that on the field. For being that big and that fast, I would expect a little bit more power. And I keep seeing the one there's like a meme or a gif where he's throwing somebody with one hand. Sure. Okay, that was pretty impressive, but I've never seen a 247-pound running back get put on his behind so many times. Sure, he was with Boston College, but still, I wanted to see somebody like that with the, with that combine fall forward a little bit more. So I think they drafted, I think Green Bay drafted him high, hoping off of pure athleticism, but I did not see that on film at all. Um, I think he's going he's gonna to be that Jamal Williams. He's going to take what is there. And I don't think he's going to be able to do much more. Um, the the best case scenario is he does make do with a decent offensive line. And he, he does produce a little bit. And Aaron Jones leaves. Then I think A.J. Dillon could potentially be the starter. Just because the Packers never really draft position players very high in the draft. Um, and we'll see what he does with it from there. Which is the only reason I'm thinking about moving him up in my rankings. But off of pure film... I did not see the speed. I didn't see the power. Didn't really like what I saw. So that's where I'm at with Dylan. Yeah, I know. I, I'm trying to bring you around here a little bit. But uh, other than us scheduling 100-meter dashes with Ryan, Zach Moss, and A.J. Dillon, Ryan, did you have anything else for the fans here? Uh, I know our listeners have jumped tremendously. Uh, we want to thank you guys for listening. It really is. It makes it a lot of fun when, when we see that and when we get people interacting with us because our numbers have jumped the last month. Huge. So thank you, guys. Uh, appreciate you. Reach out to us at Dynasty Block. We're going to wrap it up here. Ryan, you got anything for the fans that have been listening and tuning in, especially the last month? Holy cow. And if you've been with us for the entire ride, you know, we're getting better as we go along. I, I listened to that first pod the other day, and it wasn't as great, right? I'm we're not perfect, but right now we want to crack out and push out this content for you guys. Thank you, Ryan. I'll let you end it off here today. Yeah. Just like Tyler said, I think we, we really appreciate the listens guys. I hope we're helping you with your, with your dynasty leagues, not only with rookies. We love talking about rookies as does most people with dynasty, but our last couple pods talking about these value plays that you can make your team better with and being able to get your teams to a championship. And that's what we're all about here. We love talking dynasty football. Uh, we love helping out our listeners and hopefully they're taking a little bit of advice that we're given. Um, obviously uh, we, we hope we're getting better for everybody with our pods. We're definitely not perfect. We don't edit any podcasts. We don't have any cuts. 
So if we make mistakes, it is what it is. We're human too. So we do really appreciate it though. And hopefully everybody uh, spreads the word. And like uh, Tyler said, you can find us at Dynasty Block on Twitter. Ask us questions. Um, hopefully we're going to be getting that uh, website out a little bit soon and hopefully a little bit of gear. And uh, maybe we'll do a, do a, a listener giveaway here soon. So again, we really appreciate the love and thank you for listening to Block in the Back. Thank you for listening to Block in the Back podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Dynasty Fantasy football related. If you liked what you heard today, hit that subscribe button, tell all your friends about us, and then hop on Twitter and give us a follow at Dynasty Block. Thank you, and remember, you are listening to Block in the Back.